I was about to quote from that Christmas poem, but then I just blanked on what it even, how it even goes. There's a Christmas poem? You know, like, Twas the Night Before Christmas. I'm not familiar. Twas the Night Before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. That one? You never heard that? Nope. Christmas to me, or the, the holiday season, is has changed over the years. Because as a kid, we had a tree, gifts under the tree. But instead of having a bunch of snow and cold weather outside, it would be out by the pool, barbecuing. Because the, the climate is opposite in South Africa. And I remember having this like Santa hat, and I'd put it on just to be fun and festive. But it was so hot that I ended up taking it off and just wearing like normal clothes. And then once moving here and experiencing white Christmas, it just, it, that was fun. But then the whole gift giving and decorating part, I think I grew out of. Now the traditions in my family for the holiday season is to just spend time with each other. We generally got away from doing the gifts because I, one, I don't want to buy something that someone will not use. And I don't want someone to have to worry about me, meaning my family. So we just do the let's spend time together and drink a bunch of eggnog. But I miss the pool parties or like being outside. The idea of having Christmas when it's that warm outside is obviously very foreign to me. It seems strange. It's like 4th of July, but you get gifts. It's like Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah, I, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. And on the one hand, that sounds great because I wanted to always be that warm. <laughs> on the other hand, the best argument for having Christmas in the cold season is that that's at least something that the cold season has going for it. As you know, the weather is miserable, but at least there's Christmas. So it kind of balances things a little bit. If you have the nice weather and you have Christmas going on, during the summer when the weather is nice you're kind of doubling up and then during the winter when it's you know dark at five o'clock in the in the afternoon and it's freezing you have really nothing no reason to live basically (laughs) (laughs) At, at least at least now as it stands it's like all right well at least christmas is a few weeks away I mean, I guess even January and February are still like that, even with the presence of Christmas in December. Because once Christmas is over and done with, then it's just, you still have another solid two months of just shit. Just Well, you can look forward to Valentine's Day, I guess. If, for some people, I guess. <laughs> for some people. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how unique my family is in this regard, but we do not have this super strict set of traditions that we just always do we're very loosey-goosey with with what we even end up doing over christmas most most of the time we'd end up going to take a drive and looking at some of the christmas lights and there's a neighborhood that if you live in this street or on the street you're obligated to go overboard and have the most outrageous christmas decorations on your house a giant, like the whole house is covered in lights. The lawn has these, a mixture of inflatable and other giant plastic reindeer. And the whole neighborhood is set up like that. And people drive, and it's about a 20 minute drive from where my parents live. 
And we'd drive there, and people just drive through the neighborhood looking through the houses. And everybody participates. I think there's maybe like one or two houses that don't, but then you don't want to be... I feel like if you live in that neighborhood, you're almost required to participate. And it's, it's, it's impressive the way the decorations are done. I don't know where they keep all this stuff. They probably have a second house that they store all those Christmas decorations because there's so many. Yes, th- this, is, this has been a complaint of mine is the ex- excess Christmas supplies kind of in storage. We would have all of these boxes dedicated to Christmas. And even when we put up everything, I felt like we only used half of it. We'd still have all this other stuff left over. And it's like, why do we even have this? That's, I think that's the same with my family. We've got so many things. Some of them make noise. I've got bells and whatnot. And one of the one of the more annoying things that I found, and my mom loves this thing. It's like it's something that slips over the door handle and has little bells on it. And should put it on the pantry door. And every time you open that door to get something, the bells would sound. I don't think I could deal with that. <laughs> And my sister makes fun of me for it because I think they put it up just because they know I don't like it. The thing looks nice, but I don't want it. It's like every time I go to get something or someone opens... It's it's a door that's used very frequently. Probably one of the most used doors in the house. And you can hear that thing. I can hear it throughout the whole... I feel I can hear it at, at night. <laughs> like the, the bells are just ringing all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I got to side with you on that. That's That's too much. Well, let, let me ask you this. I mean, when when does your family typically put up the Christmas decorations? Is it like the day after Thanksgiving? Is it Christmas Eve? My family sometimes would wait till like the week before, a few days before Christmas. That is with the tree, all the decorations that go on the tree, lights outside. I think generally, if we're going to do the lights, and it, it depends on if we're having people over. Like if we have family from either out of town or out of the country coming to visit, then it's like we go all out and get the decorations up earlier. Usually it's the flat Friday, the Black Friday after Thanksgiving. I've heard other people that immediately after Halloween, tree goes up. That's that's madness. After after Halloween? After, after Halloween. Are you sure you're remembering that correctly? I am remembering it correctly. Because they, uh, they, they love the holiday season. Like this is the they. If they could, they could have their calendar be December for twelve months of the year. I am inclined to put things up a little bit later, like not immediately after Thanksgiving. If 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 I had my way, I would wait until maybe I don't know, like a week before or so. Because just my thought process is. I would rather have the Christmas stuff up not long enough than too long. I don't want to have stuff up for so long that I start to get sick of it by the time Christmas actually comes around. Like th- th- this is my opinion on like Christmas songs is I I like Christmas songs. I can appreciate them so long as I don't hear them too often. Uh, this was a more of a problem back in the day when I actually listened to like broadcast radio stations. Now that I just listen to my own music on demand through you know Spotify, it's not really an issue anymore. But 
for a number of years there, it was like I was being inundated with Christmas music just immediately after Thanksgiving. And then I'd have to listen to it for a month. And by the time Christmas arrived, I was just so sick of hearing Christmas songs. And I feel like that's a not a good state of mind to be in for Christmas. <laughs> I would rather still be, you know, trending upwards or at least flat in terms of my mood with regards to Christmas. And so I just, I, I don't want to overdo it. So to me, that's an argument for just starting later is like by the time Christmas comes, I want to be at like peak Christmas spirit and not trending downwards. Do you normally do, or they say you, your family will get a fake tree or a real tree? Neither my immediate family nor myself has ever actually had a real Christmas tree. We've just always had fake Christmas trees just as a matter of practicality. I know people who have had real Christmas trees and it seems like it's just kind of a pain in the ass. But it's a trade-off between convenience and authenticity because there is there there are some really cool things about having a real tree, even just the smell of it. Uh, but now they've now fake trees have become more and more realistic. Uh, we've done, well, my family has done a real tree. It is a bit of a pain when there's needles everywhere. It is definitely much easier to set up and take down a fake tree. The decorations you can buy nowadays can make a fake tree look like a real one. And I think some of them even smell real. But I think I'm uh, out of convenience. If, if I were to choose to put up a tree... Ideally, they get a very, very small, real one, but that would look kind of pathetic, or go with the fake. I can actually get behind the very small, real tree. It feels nice knowing that it is actually a real tree, but also, like, it's just more practical. Yeah, there's part of me that, that doesn't... I, I don't really quite like cutting down a tree just to, to view, to look at it in my home. Yep. I'd rather just be out in nature. But I know that around this time, people go out and specifically grow the trees to harvest them. That's kind of one, one area where I, I haven't thought about it very much, but I don't like the idea of just cutting it down. This is the same reason why I, I don't particularly like flowers that much, because they just have a, a slow death, essentially. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you cut them off. They look nice. Okay, great. But and I'm a guy. Like, I I don't really care for flowers. Uh, I know that a lot of women like flowers. I like flowers. Uh, good for you. Then they're go, very you pretty. Can go, they are, but I don't like I don't like to cut them and have them inside just dying slowly. Just leave them out there. But doing these their are flowers that would not. Okay, so my feeling with the flowers is the same thing as my feeling with the trees. That if they are trees and flowers that would not otherwise exist, then who cares, right? So if you're getting a tree from a tree farm, like a Christmas tree farm, they planted those trees however long ago because they knew that they were going to cut them down and sell them as Christmas trees. Like you're not going into, you know, some virgin forest <laughs> and chopping down a hundred year old tree and putting it in your, your living room. These are trees that would not otherwise exist. And it's the same thing with flowers is I think there's a difference between cutting wild flowers versus 
growing flowers specifically for the purposes of selling them and that kind of thing. So I agree with you there. This reminded me when you said going out to the the woods or some some area and cutting it down. I saw a commercial. Yep, I know the same commercial for Ford. For an SUV. Yeah, it was Ford. This lady and I can't go out and do that exact same thing. And I and I was super annoyed by that. I was like, "What?" I was. Dude. Why did you cut down this poor tree just trying to live its life in a forest? Yeah. Like, why not? Why not go to a Christmas tree farm where they're specifically grown to be cut down? That actually annoyed me quite a bit. I. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah, you're teaching the kid bad behavior because if you go to a forest or a an area. I'll say like a forest or nature reserve place. There's specific rules. They might have broken the law. <laughs> there's specific rules where you cannot pick things down and you can get fined. So I, I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, I gave that the thumbs down as well. I, I, I've seen that and I, I did not like it. Yeah, and I, I thought like, okay, the, the whole point of the ad was to show your kids that, okay, you can do, okay, you have this great car, you can go up in the mountains. It's big enough you can hold down a, a tree. And you're teaching your kids old school values. The kid didn't even help. Basically, I think the intent of that commercial was the, was the opposite of the way that it felt to me. Which was, <laughs> alright, this is a car used by people who like to go drive out into nature and go hiking and fishing and whatever. And... These are like outdoorsy people with an appreciation for wilderness and whatever. But then she cut down a tree and, and took it home and they're going to use it for a few weeks and then they're going to do what? Chop it up and burn it at, at best, I guess. <laughs> or at worst, just leave it on their curb for the trash people to come pick up. So I don't know. It, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't appeal to me either. A few years ago, I was on a business trip in December and I was actually in New York City, and I was there for the lighting of the big Christmas tree in, at uh, Rockefeller Center, I believe it is. Oh, awesome, yeah. And so me and one of my coworkers who I was friends with, we were both like, hey, you know, we're in New York City for the lighting of the Christmas tree. Let's go out and take part in the festivities and see everything. And Because there's like concerts that go on and all that out there. Oh, yeah. We So we, we went to this, and it was miserable. It was, it was terrible. There are people packed in so tight. You're like standing on top of other people. You can't see anything. It's, it was super cold. We, we barely lasted any length of time through it. And then we're like, F this. Let's get out of here. So we just, we just left and went back to our hotel. I, was, I actually put it on TV like when I, when I got back to my hotel room. I was like, let me turn this on and just see what's going on out there. And so I watched part of it, and so one of the things that I I realized in watching it is, you know, that that's a real tree that they have, right? That they they light up every year, and they have these scouts that like scour the nation looking for a big, beautiful evergreen tree to cut down and ship to New York and use as the official Christmas tree. And, and every year, I guess, they talk about where the tree came from and they have like an interview that they do with the people who they bought the tree from. So they were talking to these people and it was like this was their tree that they had in their yard for years and years and years. And whatever organization reached an agreement with them to buy the tree 
And so they cut it down, shipped it all the way to New York, strung it up with lights and all that business. And so they were showing some pictures or, or videos of this tree in place before they cut it down. And it was such a beautiful tree. It looked great in their yard. And I was thinking, like, if these people came to me and were like, hey, you know that big, beautiful, majestic tree in your yard? We're going to pay you because we want to cut that down, string some lights on it for, you know, like a month and a half, and then get rid of it. I would have told them to go screw themselves. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine how much money they'd have to offer me to cut down a tree that's in my yard that's like a focal piece of of like my property and and of my yard i didn't know it was a real tree because it's it's massive it is a real tree i can't even imagine how much money they spend on this whole process of finding the tree then cutting it down then having to transport it carefully all the way to new york let me ask you this i guess you could you could argue that any tree any christmas tree like the evergreen tree could be used as a christmas tree it just depends on when you decide to if it just happens to be located in the tree farm, what if it's not that big or that great looking, then like a wonky tree and then it just doesn't get used, it gets tossed away. Versus a tree in someone's yard that if it were, if that particular tree grew in a tree farm, it'd be used for the same purpose. But just because it happened to be located somewhere else, its its destiny was changed later on only because it grew into a really nice looking tree. That question makes no sense. They're just two totally different trees. Yeah, but... That's like, well, well what if my baby was your baby, you know? It's just two totally different, <laughs> two totally different things. But they, the, they were different seeds planted in different dirt. They're not, I don't even understand the question here. The problem of having like to cut down someone's a tree in someone's yard is because that's their tree. It's part of the, like the house, the yard. It's in nature. I guess you could say that's, that's nature versus a tree in a tree farm, the end result is you're cutting down a tree. That's the, the part where it gives me a funny feeling or a bad feeling. Like, I don't want to cut down this tree and just have it, just because it looks nice, have it sit in the house for a month and then throw it away. It's irrelevant of where it's located or what the purpose it was planted for. But I disagree because if have you actually seen one of these tree farms? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's just rows and rows of like pine trees in a straight line Mm -hmm. like an agricultural product right right and if those trees were not there it would probably be it'd probably be like some corn farm or something right i mean they specifically planted these trees so that in a few years however long it takes them to mature to christmas tree size they can cut them down and and sell them and then they and every year they cut down however many they need and then they plant new ones and it's just like a forest that's managed for like paper pulp, basically. I see your point. When you equate the tree farms to crops, I can I can understand the difference between a tree that exists in a farm or a tree that's out in the wilderness or in someone's yard. From from those from those things I see I see the point. I think the part that I that I that I don't like is the use of the tree is just mainly aesthetic. I still don't like it, but I guess it just happens. I accept it. I just don't like it. Yeah. But then the the big trees, like for ones at Rockefeller Center, its purpose was identified only because it grew up to be this giant majestic tree and then someone needed money. Or I don't know how much it would go for. 
I don't remember. They might not have even publicized that. I think it might be privately negotiated how much money they want for it, and then that's it. Like I said, I, I can't imagine how much money they'd have to offer me to buy my tree, because I... No. I, I, would, <laughs> I would be so unwilling to sell a tree of mine to these people. Because this tree is so big... And that makes it a really old tree. It's one. The other thing is, you know, at these Christmas tree farms, where people are being like buying a tree for their house, I think the trees are only what, maybe just like a few years old or something. They're pretty young trees still, and these trees that they're looking for for the the lighting of the tree in New York, they're like trees like older than people. You know, these trees are so old, and to me, that makes it extra sad. Yeah, that's the that that's what I don't like. Well. That's just the way it be like that sometimes. You said earlier that your family actually doesn't do much gift giving. Within our family, we'll we'll get gifts to give other folks, but but within your family, like between you and your sister and parents, you guys really don't do much gifts. No, not not very much. No. It sounds like a relief. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is the thing about, about gift giving for Christmas is I, I know that this is theoretically one of the great things about Christmas is the gifts, but it oftentimes just stresses me out having to try and think of gifts for for people because I want badly to give people gifts that are well thought out and that they're going to love and are actually like worth giving them and in practice that's very difficult to do and i don't want to just gift somebody some piece of junk just to say that i gave them something and this reciprocally i don't just want some random ass stuff that somebody got me because they just felt obligated to buy me something i feel like I, you're just like you're burdening me with with something that i don't want at that point and it's like i'm worse off than i was before <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've got I've got my own set of opinions for gift giving, and most of it comes down to the the expectation. So for birthdays, holidays, the idea of gifts is to let someone know that you care about them and make them feel special. Then this this is my my interpretation of of gift. If you are expecting a gift, or you have certain expectations around a gift, timing, value. And you get something that doesn't quite match up to it, you're gonna be disappointed. I feel like the best gifts are one that you weren't even expecting at all. A random object on a random day, and someone just says, "Hey, I thought about you. Here you go." To me, that that feels more. <laughs> How often do you get gifts like that? Not very. Really. That's what makes it special. As a young professional, usually if I want something, I just go out and get it, which makes the the idea of gift giving nowadays even more difficult because Amazon Prime is amazing. <laughs> But if something is very difficult to find or you you happen to notice or someone notices something that you are either unaware of or something that could make something that you do in your day-to-day even better, that's a really thoughtful gift. It doesn't have to coincide with a special day like Christmas or birthday. Well, that's one of the inefficiencies about Christmas, I guess, is if if there's somebody in my life who I feel like I identify a gift like that for... It's like, oh, this would be perfect for them. They could really use this. I'm not even sure they know this thing exists. I'll wait six months to actually give it to them. 
right? Because I'll wait until, you know, like Christmas or their birthday or something to actually gift it to them when they could just use it <laughs> right away. But that's just what you do is you just defer everything to a uh, major gift giving situation, I guess. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody bought you a gift and you did not get them anything or or vice versa? I can't remember specifically, but I, I feel like that's happened at least once. Actually, now, now I recall a time it did happen. I had some friends over and one of the gentlemen brought over gifts for all of us. N- nobody else had gifts besides this guy. <laughs> and we were all good, good enough friends where it, w- it was a great gift. He put, he put thought into it. He got something for someone that they liked and it was unique. But nobody else gave, exchange anything else. And I, I was very grateful for it. And I didn't, I'm not, I'm not that quick to come up with a story of, oh, I've got a gift for you and I just don't have it because they'll be, I feel like they'll see right through that. So in that situation, I was like, oh, this is really nice. I don't have anything for, I don't have anything for you. I'm not going to pretend that I do have something for you, but thanks. You're a nice guy. Uh, instead, let me feed you with the food I made. As we say so often in the show, right? I mean, different people have different expectations. I think it's just so easy for those to get misaligned around Christmas in terms of one person thinking that they're in a gift exchanging uh, situation and another person not realizing that. If you're planning on getting somebody a gift who you think is in that gray area, just talk about participating in a gift exchange of some kind. Secret Santa? Yeah, something like a Secret Santa. And then also, usually what goes along with that is like a monetary limit of some kind, which is also good because then there's not a weird asymmetry of how much you know people spent on gifts and that i i think it it may seem like it takes some of the fun out of it just like being very upfront with expectations and all that kind of stuff but i think you're just better off most of the time if i if i really if i have to give a gift for someone i say have to give a gift but if i want to get something for someone (laughs) (laughs) they came around like i'm I'm burdened with this this task of giving someone a gift Uh. but if if someone did something really nice for me and I wanted to thank them in a way that showed I appreciated it. There's two things that I do, or if I just really care about someone and I want to do something. Uh, if I had time, and this is this is the main the main variable. If I had time, I would try and make something like a macaroni necklace. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, the different the different types of things that kind of just show appreciation. But if I don't have time. My go-to thing is Amazon gift card. And I don't know if that means I'm just being lazy or not. What are your thoughts on that one? I am inclined to say that the best gift you can give someone is just cash. (laughs) (laughs) And second to cash is an Amazon gift card because Amazon effectively has anything you would ever need to buy. I'm kind of split on on gift cards to any other place because you're stuck with you have to shop at this particular store and I've gotten gift cards before that have been effectively useless because I've gone there to try and find something and it's just not I have not been able to find anything I want and it's like this is just dead money I still have gift cards from at least last Christmas 
I think I might have at least one from at least two Christmases ago. Would you ever re-gift those gift cards? Oh, abs- I, I have. <laughs> well, who cares? What's the difference? I mean, it's, it's still, you know, I mean, it's suspicious if you re-gift it to somebody and it's like but if you haven't used it at all and you think the next person is more likely to use it than you then go right ahead as great as cash is it's super unfestive right and also if everybody's just giving everybody cash then all of a sudden christmas just turns into like a spreadsheet right i I don't know I'm, i'm giving you money you're giving me money and then there's just like some net dollar amount that you're left with at the end. Like my, my dad has given me cash for years and years now. I mean, I think he started doing it when I was in high school at least. But he just reached a point where he's like, you know what? It doesn't make any sense for me to try and either like buy you something that you turn out not wanting. Because that's just a huge waste. Or in another situation, you just tell me exactly what you want and then I buy it, and then there's no element of surprise <laughs> whatsoever, because you just you ask for it, and then I say, okay, yeah, I can afford that. I'll get you that. So what's the point? So I'm so he just he was just like I'm just gonna start giving you money, and you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to buy something, you can buy it. If you want to just save it, you can save it. And that's turned out to be a very good system. I think it it it, it has to be. You have to have the right personality for it. Because some people don't care about that. They want that thoughtfulness. Yeah, I'm just giving my dad an out there. I'm not expecting him to come up with some super thoughtful gift for me. I think, especially as a, like a, if you're a kid in high school or even in college, money is the main thing. Like, okay, you you can, you need it. You got to get stuff. Sometimes I think about this though, and and this is a little bit weird. It's almost like, so he's giving me money. I know I'm going to get money from him. And then I'm going to buy other people some gifts. (laughs) And it's almost like he's buying their gifts. And I know that's not really what's going on, but it kind of is. Because all all the money that comes into me is going into the same account, right? And everything I spend is coming out of that same account. So the net net is like, it's effectively like he's subsidizing other people's gifts. That's what's happening. It is exactly what's happening. It's really weird to think about that. And I know it's like, even if he wasn't giving me cash, I'd still be buying those gifts. And I, I don't know. It's weird to think about. It's even weirder if you then, if he gives you cash and you take that same cash and go to the store and pay for the gift with that money. I mean, what's the difference, right? I mean, whether I, whether I do that or I just deposit it into my checking account and then use my credit card to buy stuff, it's effectively the same thing, right? It's all the same money. It's all mixed yes, in there together, is. and it is. So it but basically take, is, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I think it's it, it it steps it up a notch if you use the exact if it's if it's cash, and say your dad gives it to you, and you're already on the way to the store itself. It's even more overt from the like balance sheet, looking at money coming in, what are you using it for? Your dad's buying everybody else Christmas gifts. If you buy people gifts, cash. Most thoughtful, but also kind of weird. Most gift thoughtful? Cards. I think, uh, yeah, let me walk that back. It is the most useful. It's the most useful, and sometimes the most thoughtful thing to do is to give the most useful thing, right? 
Yeah, when you put, okay, so I think thoughtful, that you, there's a definition of thoughtful that you're using because you, you're thinking of thoughtful in the practical sense. But thoughtful in the heartfelt sense, I, I think cash and gift cards don't fit in that category. Well, in a very literal sense, cash does not require much thought. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think from the, from the, the heartfelt, thoughtful perspective, cash and gift cards don't cut it. But from a usability standpoint, it is the best thing. What is your experience with uh, Santa Claus? <laughs> uh, well, I haven't met him, if that's what you're asking. Uh... Did you... So I guess I should preface this with... We're, we're about to discuss some, some spoilers, some, some Santa Claus and uh, Elf on the Shelf spoilers that kids probably shouldn't hear, just, just in case. I'll just, I'll just say that. So you might want to skip to the next section if that's a <laughs> that's a concern. Skip to the next chapter. But what I mean, what did your to what extent did your parents talk to you about Santa Claus ever? You know, I I don't re- remember exactly, but I do remember at one point as a kid believing in Santa, and I I don't know. And this is the same with like the Tooth Fairy and that that sort of thing. I don't ever remember any conversation. That was like, oh, that's not real. It's made up. I think you just kind of figure it out as you learn like the realms of what is possible and what really isn't. I don't remember ever having like a sit down like, hey, kid, none of that stuff's real. We've been lying to you for years. And I, I don't know anyone who's ever had that conversation. You just, I guess it's just something you figure out. So my childhood never had a santa claus essentially because my parents my parents never told me that santa claus was like a real deal so i grew up even when i was a little kid i never believed in santa claus i was never i was never tried to i was never uh lied to (laughs) to my face so so you've been woke for years and years i i was woke from the very beginning they, they never told me about Santa Claus. No wonder you're so miserable now. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I actually feel pretty strongly that you should not lie to your kids about Santa Claus and tell them that Santa Claus is real. If and when I end up having kids, I am determined to let them in on the conspiracy from the very beginning with the caveat being that I, I would also communicate to them that they shouldn't go telling everybody else's kids that Santa Claus isn't real, mainly to protect me from other parents. Yeah. I, I don't feel good about the fact that it's a lie, even though it's kind of a silly lie. But also, I feel like uh, kids should understand where gifts come from and the fact that you are the ones buying the gifts for them and that you had to work to make money to buy the things that you're giving to them and they should appreciate that and their gratitude should be directed back towards you for getting them the things and not towards this fantasy character. Because I think that kind of gratefulness and appreciation of family and all that kind of stuff is should be a big part of the holiday season with Christmas and Thanksgiving and that. 
So I think for kids to understand, like, I work hard at a job that I hate to make money <laughs> to buy you something that you're not going to care about in a year. I deserve some recognition for that. You should be thankful for that. I, I think that's kind of an important thing to do. I've butted heads with, with people about this before who feel very, very strongly that like a critical part of Christmas is the belief in Santa Claus of the young children. And I feel very icky about it. When I, I agree with what you're saying. And when I when I received gifts as a kid, in a weird way, I, 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 knew, I knew where they were from. And so I'd thank the person, if it were my parents or another family member. I think in my mind as a kid, it, it was some sort of arrangement where people go through Santa to get the gift. And then later on, figure out, well, they get it from the store. So this must not be real. So I must have been only very, very young when I really believed in it to the point where I don't even remember. But I think the parents that want their kids to believe in Santa, the, my, my mind automatically goes to this, the, this, this concept and it may not be true, but the, the whole part of gifts from Santa is that if you have, you have to be good all year round. And only if you're good, you get gifts. And if you're bad, you get a lump of coal. So it's almost like you're bribing or trying to trick your kids into behaving a certain way, doing the right thing, only because you'll get gifts. Where you should be good just because that's what you're supposed to do, not because you're going to get gifts. I feel like the gifts probably shouldn't be used as a carrot, but it's okay to use them as a stick, so to speak. Like you can, it shouldn't be the motivation to do something good in the first place, but it should be as a deterrent for certain things. I, I, I feel okay with that. Yeah, you're basically teaching that there's consequences to actions. Yeah. yeah. But regardless of, of what you just said, why does Santa Claus need to be involved in that equation in any way? It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus doesn't need to be spying on you to know that you did something bad. I'm your parent, I know you did the bad thing, and now I'm not going to yeah. buy you the thing you wanted. Why, why do you need to introduce this third party? So, I, I, I don't know. Aside from a way of parents, like, deflecting responsibility and it's like, oh, well, you know, it's, geez, it's out of my hands. You know, Santa Claus saw that you uh, got a bad grade and so now he's not going to buy you that <laughs> gift. I could try to talk to him if you want, but I just don't think he's going to budge on this. You know, just, like, own it. And be like, you know what? I am not buying you that thing because we had an agreement that if you didn't get your grades up, you weren't going to get that game. So now you're not getting the game. I, I don't know what I would do with, with the... If, if I had a kid, what I would do when it came to Santa. I never I never thought about it. Uh, yeah, I still don't know what I'd do. Up until you're in the moment, I have no idea. And here's the thing that's even weirder than Santa Claus, and I'm not even sure if you're familiar with this. But have you ever heard of this elf on the shelf? I have not. I, I looked it up because I have no idea what that meant. Okay, so you did look it up. The elf who li resides on the shelf is basically a minion of Santa's who resides in your house and spies on your children to let them know that he is always watching and sees everything that you do. And if you <laughs> up, you're not going to get anything for Christmas. <laughs> He's like a little a little spy. I think it comes with this book and you read it to them and it's basically like, you know, 
the elf is Santa's man on the inside, and he's watching everything you do, so you have to be good. And if you're bad, the elf's going to see it. Because I think maybe there's some unbelievability of Santa being able to see every single thing that you do, which is not an unreasonable you know, thing to be skeptical about. But since you've got this elf in your house, you can point to something that's actually sitting there in the house staring at you, watching you. And I think they even instruct parents to, oh, you're supposed to like move the elf around like when the kid's not looking. Yeah, it's pretty effed up. Yeah, you could say that. And I think this is this is crazy to me that people go to these lengths to do this kind of stuff. I think this takes Santa to the next level in terms of just like lying to your kids. It's so creepy to me. Yeah, I don't like that. If if I misbehaved, it's like better not let your dad see. Who cares about the elf on the shelf? I just don't want my dad to know because I'll be in big trouble. I mean the. The only thing that I could tell of being a benefit to the Elf on the Shelf thing is, like, as an allegory to teach your children about the surveillance state and the NSA and (laughs) anti-terrorism legislation, that, like, there's always somebody just, like, watching over you every single thing that you do. Beyond that, I I don't see how this is a good thing to do. This, it kind of grosses me out. And, And I know, I think part of it is some parents with like difficult children they use it as a device to get their children to behave again i don't really understand how it's different from you just giving them ultimatums when i first read about elf on the shelf and realized what it was for i couldn't help but thinking about the song from the police every breath you take (laughs) and it just it just added another dimension of creepy and i was like what the is this i've also seen you know there are like apps now that like spoof a phone call from santa claus are you kidding no i'm I'm not kidding at all (laughs) so you can like if your kid is misbehaving you can open up this app and like press a button and it'll spoof a phone call from santa claus and then some voice actor does a santa claus voice and will say like I see that you, you know, you're starting to behave badly here, and I just want to let you know that I'm, uh, I'm taking notes on this. Yeah, that's the thing that exists, and it feels like something out of Black Mirror, to be honest. It's like Black Mirror for children, right? I think that from the gift giving part of it, or from the the gifts of where the gifts come from, I think that it, it, it's a it's a little a silly little kid story. The elf on the shelf gets in the creepy. Mostly because I was never exposed to it. I had no idea what it was until, what, Friday? The Elfin Shelf is like you isolated all the, all of the creepiest aspects of Santa Claus and distilled them into a product. That, that to <laughs> me, that's the Elf on the Shelf. It's like the whimsical fairy tale type aspect of Santa Claus. You set that aside and the whole behavioral manipulation, surveillance aspect of Santa Claus. You, you take that and you turn that into Elf on the Shelf. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. All right, everyone. Thank you for a great 2018. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. All the best for 2019, I guess. Yeah, 2019. Here we go. It's going to be great.